Welcome to episode number six of Make Move podcast. I'm very excited to introduce to you today's guest. Finally, I managed to get him on the podcast. It's a person that came to Dubai with me six years ago. We joined Emirates together. We became flatmates. We were living together in one apartment for over four years. And he became one of the best photographers I know here in Dubai. He's the person I go to when I need some tips and tricks and advice when it comes to photography. And he resigned his job from Emirates something less than a year ago. And he joined a production company and is working full-time as a photographer now. He's working full-time on his passion 24-7. And we're going to talk today about his years in Emirates. How did he resign? Why did he resign? And how he's enjoying life in Dubai comparing to Slovakia. Let me introduce to Jan Paolovic. Okay, and thank you for coming today and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, finally. Yeah, it took us some time, but we managed. Uh, I would start with uh, how did we meet? How did we know, a, become yeah. to know each other? That's you can tell point. the story. No, I think I would love to hear your point, your oh, take well, on it. Okay, my point. Well, now it's 2021. We met first time in 2015. Actually, in, 2000, fact. in fact, 2014, Yeah, it was November and it was the interview for Emirates cabin yep. crew right in there. Bratislava in uh, Mercury Hotel, I remember. I remember, right next to the yeah. uh, railway station. And I, we actually haven't met Matt because we both were in the interview. We were um, going, what was the interview? Not the interview, what was it? Like open day for Emirates. Open day, yes. Or like That's what they call it. Only day, yeah. So that was like 80 up to 100 people. Yeah. And we all were trying to get into Emirates. Yep. And it was like one full day of playing games and being interviewed and all kind of stuff. And we were actually, there were not that many guys. It's mainly no, girls. Yeah. And we were, I saw you there. You saw me there, but we didn't really talk. Exactly. Because I didn't know you and I was there by myself. That was like first time we saw each other, but the first time we actually talked yeah, yeah. to each other was when we got chosen. <laughs> we were the yeah. chosen ones, selected <laughs> ones. And we flew in February, we flew to Dubai from yeah. Vienna. Like first time I remember I spoke to you, it was on the airport in Vienna where we were about to go to Dubai. That was yes, on that day. Exactly. You were sitting with Adriana. Yes. And I, I came to those guys, like maybe it's time to like say hi to each other for real, like we're going yes. together. Because it was nine of us, nine people from yeah, yeah. flying with the same plane to Dubai to be Emirates cabin crew. So that's the first time we talked. Yeah. And I remember we were, we were talking in a plane as well. And then and we were batchmates as well. That's like yeah. when you join Emirates, they sell it. They divide you into batches of like 15 i don't know how many people yeah, yeah. Basically class, classmates like yeah we were just going through the two months training for emirates together yep and we were living buildings next to each other as well we got yep. accommodation i was in the entrance one and you were i think number three number or two two i think if i remember so yeah, just right next to yeah each other. right next to each other and we became really good friends because yeah, we were obviously. in school every day and then we I think it was right after school or after like one month after the school finished. Yeah, I think so. About we one moved in together. Exactly. We were still in Emirates accommodation. They like provide accommodations for their crew. And we had the opportunity, so we moved in together. Yeah, yeah. And it was apartment 
with for like two people so yeah. we were I, roommates. I think especially for people who are because i know many of people who listen to his our cabin crew yeah. for emirates but who are not then don't understand how lucky we were to to be able to experience this because there is around 50 buildings in uh, the network of emirates accommodations and to be put right next to each other also to be put in the same batch in the same class it's it doesn't happen or there are people who are trying to get that who try to join with their friends girlfriends boyfriends whatever and it never happens and it just happened so that we didn't know each other but we were put on the same plane on the same day put to live next to each other became classmates batchmates whatever you call it and then we actually became friends as well yeah and that was great and then we were roommates for and then yeah for like five years, years. Yeah, yeah, almost five years yeah that was that was great yeah so we experienced firsthand everything together yep that was the thing yeah it was great because i came to dubai basically by myself you came to dubai by yourself yeah, completely and i mean we were like a bunch of slovak people but it's still like you are by yourself and it's great to have people from your own country even around yourself and like experience all these new experiences in brand new country and leaving your home country and uh yeah that's uh, how would you describe the difference living in slovakia and dubai yeah so for me it was even more because you had lived before somewhere abroad you had lived in the u.s before kind of i was in for a couple of months for, but yeah. for me it was the very first time like going abroad on my own for an extended time before okay i went for some trips vacations whatever but this was the first time i was going on my own and i knew there was not going to be any mom any living mama yeah exactly. mama's house, and i remember this cooking. time it was my first time when we went down to like a what do you call it, grocery store and I was asking, like, what do you need for, like, washing machine, like, to, to make it work? And, like, stupid things that I had never done before, but now I had to. So you were that kind of, like, older brother in this early stage of me being abroad, like, basic things. I was like, man, like, I need to cook something. How do I cook things? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's very true. Like, even when we moved in together and, like, you cleaning something, I was all like, okay, this is how you do it. Yeah, it was so funny. Didn't have to do it your whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just so pure. I was like, man, I know nothing. You have to teach me a few things that like regular people do. Ah, you actually cooked some stuff. You I used steaks, to, yeah. You cook like prawns and like. I'm a specialist when it comes to this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't cook often, but when I do, it's something that I really like. But yeah, I don't cook often. That's you cook lots of coffee, though. <laughs> I cook a you lot of coffee. A yeah, huge <laughs> coffee expert and coffee lover, right? Yeah, coffee is something that Spend I like. Spend like quite huge amount of money on coffee and machines to yeah produce. i'm not a huge amount i like yeah no, i like my more coffee than i people. like to explore different ways of brewing i like yeah that's i like coffee <laughs> yeah let's keep it there yeah, <laughs> true yeah um so yeah if you you were in dubai before though you said you were in Hol- so actually yeah maybe i was like your older brother when it comes to this yeah but I remember first time I went somewhere in Dubai out of the accommodation was with you because you actually been to Dubai before and you knew where things are, you knew what metro to take, where to go and stuff. So I remember that day yeah, we went yeah. together. That is true. I, I came to Dubai, I think it was two years before I joined Emirates uh, with my ex-girlfriend. We came for vacation mm-hmm. for, I think it was like five to six days, just a regular vacation. We saw there was some offer to you know come to Dubai for mm-hmm. some nicer money. So we booked a hotel and came here to explore. But that experience obviously was so different to anything that I experienced here as a as someone who lives here now, mm-hmm. because we only went to like a guided tour and everything. But yeah, I had a little bit of an understanding of how the city works. 
and yeah knew the touristy spots so that's where i remember that was like one of the first days off that we had yeah, yeah. and i took you and adriana and we went to marina to see the big skyscrapers and it was like whoa it's so we cool metro and you knew where to go and stuff so i was like yeah, oh, yeah. He, he knows yeah i felt important yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were without you i would be lost <laughs> no that was that was a cool thing so yeah how would you compare you were in slovakia recently you had a vacation for mm-hmm. one month yeah for three weeks yeah yeah almost almost a month so now with living in dubai for what six years and now recently you've been to slovakia for a month how do you how would you compare these two countries living in one and then living for five six years in the other one like some main mm. takes of like how do you like what do you like more in dubai would you like more in slovakia Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, how to say it simply? Well, I would say if you stay anywhere, not just in Dubai for such an extended time, it will change you no matter how much you try to stay true. You, of course, you keep your roots. But Dubai has changed me. It, it obviously made me behave more like an adult because I mm. had to. had to deal with a lot of problems on the way. A lot of things went wrong and there is no one else to help, it, to help you to fix them. So you, so you grow in that way. But the difference between Dubai and Slovakia is uh well the people in Slovakia the majority they usually are born there and they are both mom and dad and grandmine and grand grandmine whoever else yeah. usually are from Slovakia or always were for Slovakia and here is not like that here one of the first question when you meet someone is like so where are you from or mm-hmm. like what is your background what is your origin and that was i remember when i came here that was such a strange thing to answer because everywhere i went people would always ask me so where are you from i said Slovakia it's like like Slovakia, Slovakia, or like something, because it's so mm-hmm. common to be from somewhere and somewhere, or like to be quarter something, quarter something else. And so so that was a big difference for me when I when I came here. And that still is a difference, because in Dubai, people don't usually come for, they don't live here forever. They come mm-hmm. here because they see it as an opportunity to make some money, to move forward with their career, or whatever it is that they came here for. Whereas in Slovakia, people are just there. They were born there. And most of the people, they, they live only for holidays and they, they stay in Slovakia forever. They don't even think of like moving countries or being somewhere else. Yeah. So the mindset obviously is more limited to that country, which Slovakia is obviously the thing for Slovaks. And then here people, they think more globally. They don't think of Dubai as their home. Some people do, mm-hmm. but mostly people, they think of, okay, while I'm in Dubai, I might do this and that. I might try to do whatever, travel, do... This, but not so many people think of this as a final destination. They look at it as a, like a stepping stone or like a transfer location. So that is a huge difference between how people think in Slovakia and here. Here it's less long-term, whereas back home it's more like they don't even consider that they would ever leave. Mm, but here after six years, do you do you call it home? Mm, yeah, yes and no. Like Yes, like I have my comfort zone here. I have my group of close friends. I built lots of relationships here with people. I understand the city probably even better than like my home city in Slovakia right mm-hmm. now. But it's never the home where like my heart is. It's it's somewhere where I live and I and I like it here and I don't know how long I will stay here. Mm-hmm. But I would never call it that a true home, but it became very close to that, I can say that. Yeah. And when you came initially, what was your plan? Because usually Especially among crew, it's very common that people <laughs> say, oh, I just came here for one year just to travel a little bit and then 10 years past the lane, down the lane. Yeah. So what was your plan? So no surprise, that was the same plan for me. I thought one year, right? You know, because when I was, I mean, I came here when I was uh, just before my 23rd birthday. 
and a year seemed like such a long period so i thought yeah i will travel for one year and that felt like a long time i'll make some money while flying and then i'll be happy to go back and like settle down whatever mm. i was thinking so yeah that didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are kind of like me because you tried so many different things during your life and jan is also a photographer he is the photographer in dubai <laughs> i would say um and you resigned from emirates this year was it's first of january it or should we say 31st uh, like of december like end of december last year yeah and you I actually remember the day was 16th of december there you go <laughs> and it was a big step for you because you oh, yeah. you decided to also pursue your passion and just do something that you finally that you enjoy because yep. you were flying for what five years it almost? was uh, almost six years yeah like six uh, years, yeah. I, i was it was i think two months before my second contract would finish which a contract is for three years so yeah. like five months and whatever so yeah About we will we'll get to that but so you are a full-time photographer now yeah, yeah like that's literally full-time that's all i do and let's go all the way to the beginning <laughs> how did you even find photography if i can say i remember i remember you had some kind of camera some kind of camera like a gopro or something. or something oh no before before Bef- long time before even in back in slovakia right no i had no camera never no. Oh, okay the Because only camera i ever had was a gopro that i bought when i came to dubai because i was like hey now i'm in this like a country that has oh, sea need, and i can go underwater yeah. so i, I thought like i would buy everyone. gopro and travel and take photos and videos and i never really did because yeah, nobody does yeah, nobody, no, nobody, no, nobody don't GoPro. buy gopro <laughs> <laughs> until you are a professional yeah. unless you know you need gopro yeah until you do like professional skiing or yeah no it's just like the guys at gopro they do a really good job marketing that camera is the camera the only camera you need for all the travel all the fun stuff that you think you're doing yeah but then you don't really use just, it just just buy a new phone yeah. get a new iphone yeah <laughs> <laughs> no app but yeah um if i remember correctly so my brother was doing photography videos for a couple of years yeah. already and i know that thanks to him i would yeah it, that's, that's true? true that's 100 yeah. percent true because it, so my brother came to visit dubai once when i was flying we were flying for uh, let's say two years and he yeah, came yeah. to visit me for maybe one week ten days i don't remember mm-hmm. correct, exactly and he had his camera right and he was taking photos and you were quite interested in it yeah right? yeah and he helped you to choose yeah, yeah exactly like so I, i can tell you more about that yeah it was the period where i was actually like i had more time i had broken up with my ex-girlfriend before just recently before that And I was like, oh, well, now I have a lot of time. I have mm-hmm. like this new mindset. Let's do something new. So I was looking for something new to like pick up. And that was the time when your brother came, mm-hmm. Stefan. And he was already making videos. He was very much of this, the same guy that he is now, very artsy person, but also very specific. And he, yeah, he came with his camera. He was always filming little things. And I was always interested into like videos, photography, but I never really did it. I mm-hmm. never had anything to do with that before. So I was genuinely just curious and I thought like, man, like, you know, I have no more time. I travel a lot. Like maybe I, I would like to buy a camera. Can you recommend me something? So, and yeah, and then he eventually did. And I, that's how I got my first camera. So did you buy it when he was still visiting? No, it was like uh, maybe two months after. Oh, okay. Because then my brother joined Emirates as well. But that yeah. was... That was like a year later? A year later, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's, that's interesting because that was how many years ago when you bought camera? Do you remember? Your uh, I believe uh, it would be like five and a half years ago. So from five, five, five and a half years ago, five years ago, yeah. you became like pro. Yeah. And this is, this is am- like... No, making me look good. I have, to, <laughs> I have to acknowledge you for this because this is, I think, amazing because I heard so many people, especially when I was still flying, but even normal people, 
saying like, oh man, like you take nice photos. Um, which camera should I buy? I want to take nice photos. It's like, this is ridiculous. And I heard so many stories of people who actually bought cameras for a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah. And they were like, look, man, I just bought this camera. Look, I, I take photos now. But none of them actually took time, effort, energy to study how to take photos and like just shooting on auto mode and stuff. Yeah. And But you are one of few people who actually pick up, picked up the hobby and you turned it into pro, which I have to acknowledge big time because you were my brother and you, my brother more videos and you, when it comes to photography, you are my main mentor since oh. since the day I started shooting, I don't know, three years ago maybe. You're making me blush. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's very blushy, you should see that. Um, but yeah, tell us more maybe how, how come did it become such a big passion for you when you just kind of started and from nothing and how did you... What was it that yeah. made you really like, fuck, I want to do this. Like, this is something yeah. I want to do. I think do. it's a coincidence of few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, uh, I don't know, we can get also into that. Like, I used to play football and everything. And back then, like, our coaches always gave us this thought. Like, if you want to be good at something, you have to practice a lot. And it's like way more than people think. When people mm-hmm. say nowadays, like, I'm doing something a lot. 90% of them, they're just saying it to feel better about themselves, but like they don't really understand what is it to do something a lot, to like fully dedicate. And then the second thing is once you do dedicate to actually stay true, to actually do it, not to just say it, but to mm-hmm. wake up day in, day out and then do that things to be like grinding, or I don't know how to say it. So that's something that was in me from my past. And another thing is once I, I'm a very technical person and I mm-hmm. like to understand things. So when I picked up this new thing, camera, and I had no clue how it works, like I didn't know what is aperture, didn't know what is ISO, what, didn't mm-hmm. know what is what, and there is so many buttons, so many <laughs> technical things, and you open YouTube, try to look it up, try to figure out how the hell this thing works. I you didn't so read the manual. I did actually. Oh, did. I know I'm one of the guys who <laughs> actually opens the manual and has. Looked. That's why you have all yeah. the tips for me. <laughs> yeah, like I was, yeah, whatever. But so I was so overwhelmed, like this camera, and I, I bought like a mediocre, not mediocre camera. It's a nice camera, but it's not like a highest end camera. It was a Canon 780D, no 70D for those who know. Oh yeah, you bought Canon so for us. Yeah, it's yeah. a APS-C sensor. It's a very nice, very decent camera for someone who is starting out, capable of beautiful images, but. That wasn't the point. I was just mm-hmm. like overwhelmed of like how many options, buttons, settings, mm-hmm. whatever. So I went on YouTube and I was searching for, of course, the the tips. But YouTube is also full of like quick guides, quick shortcuts, how to be a great photographer in a, mm-hmm. in one YouTube video yeah. <laughs> and those kind of things. So it got me frustrated. Like I could never figure it out so far. So I basically what I told myself, I'm going to just put it on manual and I'm just going to start taking photos. And mm-hmm. every time I took something, I didn't like it. I, I was trying to figure out the answer. So this one is too bright. Why is it? Mm-hmm. And this kind of like a trial and error method basically got me to understand. And I was obviously flying a lot every two days. You would be in a different destination. So you want to take photos of a nice mountain, nice cityscape or a stranger on the street. And I would just carry this camera with me everywhere and would try to figure it out. And and that process of figuring out how this thing works was so cool to me because mm-hmm. it was something new that my brain just consume, consumed that completely. And I was just looking forward always to go on the next level and see what I can capture and what I can, where I can go. And it also helped me to be looking forward to the, the actual layover, to the place, 
the place where I was flying to mm-hmm. and kind of skip the work, which is not the, the most pleasant <laughs> part of uh, like our job, which it's obviously like that's normal. But like, yeah. like I was always looking forward. I was going somewhere. I didn't care about like if shit went down on the flight, if someone was, I don't know, having some complaint or whatever. I was looking for what I would land and take my camera and I go and I go take photos and I will try to figure out how, why the photos from last week were shit. Mm-hmm. So that kind of mentality. And once I, like, obviously I, I was enjoying it. So once I figured out I like it, I was like, well, I, maybe I can do this more and more and more. But I, obviously at that point, I didn't plan to be a photographer or anything mm-hmm. like that. I was just like, this is a cool hobby. I like it. So Let me keep doing more. About the hobby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was genuinely enjoying the process of learning photography and it was mostly landscapes and cityscapes and some like street photos there's mm-hmm. no portraits at that point yeah but when it comes to this many people i had this i went through this when you have a hobby that you really love and you start doing it for money many people start hating the hobby because suddenly you have to do it for money and it's very different right? yeah so did it happen to you or does it sometimes? No, well, at this stage we are very far f- I, I i never thought of money at this point mm-hmm. i was just like hey i can take photos and I got through the, all the typical beginner stuff. I thought, okay, my photos suck because I don't have a good enough lens. Mm-hmm. So I looked up whatever, some nice lens. And well, I you're an expert a, for that. <laughs> I Buy remember I first bought like a nice Sigma lens and it's a beautiful lens. And I started to take photos with it and they were, they were beautiful, but it wasn't it. Like I, I soon discovered and I bought a different lens. I thought maybe I need something more zoomed in so I can create better bokeh and whatever. <laughs> So I bought a 90, I think it's 100 millimeter macro Canon L series lens, like mm. a really good one. I started to take photos with it. It still sucked. I mm. was just like, okay. And I bought another lens and I had like four or five of them, really nice, decent lenses. And it wasn't it. So <laughs> I slowly started to realize, okay, like you just need to probably practice. And I started to look for like others photographers work. Maybe I thought they're using some really cool preset or their settings. And <laughs> I was trying to look for these little clues like, what it is that makes their photos better than mine. Yeah. And as I kept going, I just started to realize more and more, it's just, it's the experience, it's the understanding of light. It's a, you know, there is a lot of mm-hmm. to, that goes into photography that is not presets and not lenses and not the camera. And yeah. I think that's what makes your photos good. And this is what people don't understand and they don't want to understand. Yeah, a lot of times, but I mean, that's but how it is. For people who don't know Jan, he has issues, and he, his biggest issue is that he's addicted to buy gear. That is not true. And he spent, do you, like, just roughly, do you know roughly how much money you spent on gear? Uh, yeah, roughly, but th- that <laughs> number, like, it's not just lenses, it's not cameras. I know, it's not I just think camera. you are not putting me on the spot, <laughs> because, for example, when it comes to lenses, I know exactly, but I, I own four lenses. That's it. I know they are nice lenses, but I bought the last lens I bought was what three years ago, maybe. So when I fully committed to photography, I was like, okay, now I want to be photographer. That's like Mm -hmm. two years later than what we were just talking about now. Yeah, I made a plan and I thought about it. I was like, yeah, these are expensive. You know, this is expensive gear, but I buy it once and I don't have to replace it. And and also to me, when I buy that good camera body, when I buy that good lens that excuse of it's the lens that is not allowing mm-hmm. me to take a nice photo is gone. Like that moment, yeah. and I don't ever think about it again. So basically what I did, I at this point I knew I liked portraits, so I was like, okay, let me get a good portrait lens, uh, two or three of them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I did. And I removed all the excuses when it comes to gear. Mm-hmm. So actually, like to me, and that's just how I work, it helped me to remove that excuse. And I knew if my photo sucked, it's not because of my lens, it's because of me. 
So that's, yeah, that's but I point, did spend yeah. quite a lot of money on the gear, but that also includes the studio lights and yeah, yeah, yeah. all the other things. So I mean, I'm gonna joke. I know, like <laughs> I actually, you thank to you, I learned this. One of the things I learned is that rather spend more money on proper stuff than buying cheap stuff. Yeah. I was used to it from when I was a child. We same, same. Honestly, we didn't have much money when I was a child and. Just like buying cheap stuff is the thing, you know, you buy cheap stuff, it breaks, you just buy another one. And yeah. thanks to you, I learned that like, okay, maybe I can just pay more, even if it seems painful, but you buy it once and you have it basically for life or yeah, for it's many, true. many years. I think this is, people just have to be reasonable because it was the same mentality. Me growing up, my father would tell me, you don't need the best football cleats to be the best football mm-hmm. player. And yeah, that is 100% sure. But for example, for me with photography, it was like, if I could afford it and if that lens didn't affect my life situation financially, like why would I not? If I knew I was committed to it, why would I buy a shittier lens and then be wanting to buy the fancy one in a year and basically spend my money twice rather than just get it right away? So that's the thinking behind it. But of course, like people shouldn't just buy fancy stuff because it's fancy. You should really have a reason behind it. Yeah, fair enough. And this might seem that I give you too many compliments, but one more thing I have to <laughs> really you. say that I admire going, is, the, is the curiosity that you have. And that I like about it, again, many people don't have this. When you start a new hobby, like recently you started with film, for recently, quite recently, two years ago, maybe you started yeah, with film. Yeah, a year and a half. When like we went to Japan. Yeah, analog film photography. And again, it wasn't just like, oh, I just buy analog camera and I just try to shoot. Like you, again, dive deep into the technicals of it and you learn how the light works. You buy a light meter, you try to like calculate it, figure it out and like no auto mode. You just like literally just go into all the details. And this is what I like because thanks to this, you taught me so much about shooting with a camera. I taught myself too. Yeah, I I just discovered genuinely a lot of things by going into film photography. And maybe this is the thing. You used to be English teacher before as well. And there was a time in my life <laughs> where people would pay me to teach them English, yes. <laughs> would, you, would you believe that? <laughs> no, but uh, I think maybe from there, or maybe it's just your natural skill or gift that you are able to learn something in such a such a deep detail because you're like honestly interested in it and curious. And then you are really good at explaining things, which... I try, yeah. Yeah, and many people have... I don't know, I'm one of these people. I understand many things on a level that I understand how it works. I understand how to use it. Maybe not, I don't understand complete details, but I just know way around to make it happen. But you are the person who goes completely into the details, understand the process. And I think that's why you are so good at explaining it because I know many things. I know how things work. Mm -hmm. But if I was supposed to explain it to you or a little child, I'm not really able to. And I think it was... I'm almost sure it was Einstein who said something like, if you can explain something to a five-year-old child, that's the point when you understand it. Yeah, I, I believe that, to be honest. I, I used to teach children a lot. And also, it it goes back to when I when I had just quit football. Mm-hmm. I, American football? or football? No, I, I mean, regular European football. That was mm-hmm. the one that I spent most of my like childhood and whatever growing up playing. Uh, I also used to coach, uh, I used to help my father, he's a coach, I used to help him coach his goalkeepers and I would be in charge of some groups of kids. And then after I, a couple of years later, when I was playing American football, I was in charge of our youth there because, yeah, I mean, it was always something that I didn't mind to do and I guess I happened to be not horrible at it. Mm-hmm. So, but what helped me a lot as well is along the way I was coached by different coaches who had very different approaches. 
Some of them I didn't like, and I understood later on now how good it was. Some of them I liked already because you could tell that it was good. And yeah, there was one coach in particular, there was many of them, but one, for example, in American football, who really put this thought in my mind, like you need to understand the, the bare fundamentals before you move to level two. So if you don't understand level one, even though it's the basic of the basic, and if you don't know it at 5 a.m. when someone wakes you up randomly, you cannot go to level two because there will be that one time where you need it and mm -hmm. you will not be ready. So that's something that I apply for everything. So I don't move on to level two unless I know level one. Yeah. And that's what happens to me a lot even now. People want to do some crazy stuff, even when they book me as a photographer. They want to create, I don't know, the crazy stuff, but they're not ready. And I just don't like to do it. Sometimes I have to, and it's fine, because that's just how not everybody works, maybe. Not everybody's wired the way I am. Yeah. But people like to skip the easy stuff, the, the boring stuff, and like to go for the fancy, especially when it comes to today's Instagram, showing mm. off and whatever. So I don't necessarily like it, but I still do end up, of course, doing jobs like that or working with people like that because that's how the world is, of course, and I cannot change the world just like that. Especially in Dubai, I would say. Right? Yeah, Dubai is very it's artificial. Very specific yeah. when it comes to that. So if you could give some advice to someone, let's say someone wants to start photography, they don't have any gear, if you can give them, I don't know, five tips when it comes to anything, gear, software, skills, just five tips to someone who wants to start photography, what would you tell them? Use your phone, that's it. Use your phone, download an app that lets you control the, the controls, or even if you don't want to do that, learn how to use the, the camera app on your iPhone or Samsung or whatever you have. Mm -hmm. If you get bored with that, if you, if you think you understand why it works or not, then download an app that lets you control manually the, the aperture and the ISO and the, uh, shutter speed most of the phones allow that mm -hmm. master that and find why like when people ask me i don't know i want to buy a camera but i don't know which one mm -hmm. you sh you're not ready to buy a camera because yeah. it's usually a waste of money for you if you need a camera you usually need to have at least some sort of an idea of what you want you need to have an idea what kind of photography you like what what is the how much time do you want to spend editing the photos who is is it just for you is it for someone like if you know what you need and let's say your phone, you know where your phone is holding you back, then you're ready to buy a camera, and I'll be, of course, the first one to tell you, yeah, buy a nice camera. Mm -hmm. But if you just want to buy a camera because you think by buying a camera you'll take nice photos, ah, it's a lie. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> tell them, tell them, yeah. It's, it's not going to work, yeah. This is what happened to me, exactly that. I was shooting on the phone first. I was shooting like yoga photos yeah, from my Instagram. You, did really, you really had a good way of getting yeah, into it. I because think. I actually did. By the way, photos. we should also say that Matt is also a photographer and that's how he <laughs> makes his living. So I do, a little bit. <laughs> hi, hi guys. I'm a photographer as well. Yeah, and a videographer. Book me. <laughs> and, a and a yoga teacher. Well, kind and of. a retired yoga and teacher. Uh, if you need someone to teach you swimming, he also does that. <laughs> oh, to that. Pretty much anything. I did you some need. swimming sessions, yeah. Anything. I'm very, I have a very big range of <laughs> skills. Uh, but yeah, so... So first tip, let's let's get it to three tips. First tip, use your phone. Don't 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 think that think don't think app. that gear will make you better unless you know you need a specific gear for specific occasion. Especially today, like look at new iPhone. It's it's, it's going to do everything for you, which is a bit of a shame because it makes people lazy. And then, but then you literally don't need a camera if you yeah as as you said, if you find limitations in the phone, then that's that yeah. way to think like okay, maybe I. I need different lens, maybe, but you first yeah. need to understand why you need different lens of and course. do you really need different lens? It comes lines? down to the, like, if you are doing it for yourself, 
unless you just want to have a camera, you don't need a camera. Your phone will do 90% of what really good cameras do almost the same way. There's gonna be a difference, but when you're paying money for a really good gear, you're paying a lot of money for, let's say, 10, 15 extra functionality, mm-hmm. which, yes, yeah, sometimes you need it. When, you, when you're getting paid by clients, they're doing certain jobs that are very technical, or they have some requirements, yeah, you need that gear. But for general use, for Instagram, for most of the things, you are good with your phone. Or you can also buy some nice, like a entry-level camera that is not crazy expensive, but then, for example, you have to get in the habit of having your camera with you. That would be the second mm-hmm. tip. If you do decide to buy a camera, have it. Like, tie it to your hand Everywhere and don't you leave go. your ho- home without it. For example, this is what happened to me a lot when I was flying. So when with Emirates, we fly to many nice destinations, but also to many dodgy destinations. Mm-hmm. We go to some you know, rural African countries, and I always, I'm always someone who goes out. Like It doesn't matter if I'm in uh, New York or if I'm somewhere... Rio Cape de Janeiro, Town, Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> going to favelas. Yeah, like I always go out. And uh, my thinking was like, if I don't want to take my quote-unquote like fancy camera with me because I'm afraid of losing it, then either it's too expensive for what I can afford mm. or I just shouldn't be using that camera because like you want to be able to use your tool. So yeah, have your camera with you and... It happened to me so many times that I would be flying with someone and they're like, oh, I have a camera as well, but I'm like, okay, so like, show me, I can help you how to do whatever. Oh, I don't have it here today because mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to take photos. And and that's the thing. It's just, if you do want to learn how to take photos, take your camera, take it for brunch, take it for when you go with your girlfriend or boyfriend for a walk, take it for when you go play bo- volleyball at the beach. Yes, it will get sandy, it will get wet, it will get whatever, it might break at some point, you will drop it. Mm-hmm. But that's how you learn how to use it. It's your baby. Take care of it and take it yeah. everywhere. Use your tools. Don't be uh, afraid. It's the same as if you own a car and you don't want to take it because, like, what if it breaks? Yeah, it will. That's yeah, it. true. Buy a no. new one or repair it. It sucks. It costs money, but that's how you do it. That's, you have to go into it with the, f- like, knowing that, first of all, you're not buying only camera. You, people don't realize. So you need a good lens. You need a good memory card you need a decent software to edit the photos yeah. you need decent computer to edit the photos that's important and money. you need shit load of time to learn how to edit the photos because yeah. if you don't edit them there is no point of having a camera right yeah absolutely well there is there is certain cameras that kind of give you a good result straight out of the camera mm-hmm. but usually that's not the reason why you buy a camera you would use phone if you just wanted quick snaps right yeah so yeah if you do want to get the maximum out of your camera i guess that's when you should definitely consider that there will be some time time requirements to spend editing and Mm -hmm. learning about editing and frustration because your edit will (laughs) suck and you will think you buy a preset and they will fix it (laughs) long time this is another thing you need to learn that you have to go through the stage of producing lots of crap lots of shitty photos shitty videos because that's there is no way to avoid that but at the same time i don't want to make it look like it's oh like you only have to do shit for so much time before you get something good that's not true Mm -hmm. like i know so many people who just use their iphones or even their cameras and they love what they do it's not going to let's say meet some requirements of uh, high-end clients but that's not what they're trying to do so 
as long as you are happy with your photos, mm-hmm. that's, that's all that matters. If your goal is to book a client, then of course you need to look if that potential client is happy with that kind of work as well. But if your pure goal is to enjoy, to take photos of your family and friends or for yourself or some, you just go for a photo walk, take photos of places. Mm-hmm. As long as they make you happy, that's it. Share and don't care about likes, don't care about anything. Just Yeah, I meant it more in a way that if you, like you, for example, if you look at your work a few years back, you mm-hmm. see the you see huge difference oh yeah, of quality yeah, of course and that's what i mean like maybe not at the time like even when i was studying i loved the photos but then i look them at them you now and i'm like yeah, yeah. fuck they're shit oh. but doesn't mean they're shit but like the quality is so much different because yeah, yeah. you grow and you learn and of course because you didn't understand as much and naturally the more you do the more you you grow but funny enough also i, I especially when i go to through my like street photography work mm-hmm. from like earlier times of me taking photos I find some really, really cool photos because it was also the time where I knew I didn't know it. So when I saw something, I just clicked it and I didn't mm-hmm. think of what was it. And many times that way I actually captured nicer moments that let's say sometimes later on in my career, I would skip because I would be too busy Is trying to figure out the right, yeah, yeah, everything. So yeah, sometimes it's better not to think, but it's also good to understand your gear yeah. if you want to have it. And maybe the last tip you would give to people where you would recommend them to learn like take some courses pay for courses or uh, youtube or some, mm-hmm. some find someone who's shooting or what yeah. do you think is the best i think in general of course if you have a friend who does photography or is into it that's the best way you you get a shortcut basically that's the only way how to get a shortcut that was in my that case yeah <laughs> if that friend is capable of explaining to you or is willing to explain to you but also you have to be willing to learn because I explained a lot of things to a lot of people, but you are the only person that I know about that actually took it and uh, became someone who makes his money with photography. Oh, I'm blushing now. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, it, it is what it is. Uh, I've had many like uh, teaching, coaching, whatever sessions with people where they were genuinely interested. They, they took away a lot of things, but I checked on them, let's say a couple of months later, I just see them on Instagram and I know they're not taking their camera with them and, and all these things. So you need to really want it and that way you can have a shortcut but if let's say you're just on your own you don't have someone who is your friend who is photographer youtube is always a great start to a great place to start mm-hmm. because there is indeed a lot of good information there is also a lot of kind of misleading information a lot of information that is like quick tips and tricks how to be whatever how to get a certain look which they're not bad but they are sometimes they're only showing you what works in a set scenario so yeah, you see a you know, video of guy editing a photo that he, he had edited before already and he's just copying the same settings that he had already applied before because he knows it worked. Yeah, that happens a lot on YouTube. But having said that, there is plenty of really good educators who are giving a, a lot of good value on YouTube. And I think that's why it's a really good place to start. Other than that, there is plenty of books. It takes more time, of course, and mm-hmm. it's something maybe where you're more dedicated. You can buy some books of uh, some photographers from history if you're into that understanding more what is behind, what is what was happening before. I myself, I love to go through photography books when they're just showing works of different photographers. I, I mm-hmm. like that because I see other people work and it gives me inspiration. Those are the guys usually who are not so big on Instagram. You will not see them on billboards or so there. Mm-hmm. Many documentary photographers are people who do their own thing and became famous for that. So I, I like that personally. 
And then, of course, there is plenty of courses from uh, good photographers, but also many courses from mediocre people who are just trying to make money. Mm-hmm. And that's where it comes, I think, when you already know something, you know what you're lacking, and that's why you find a photographer that you really like his or her style and the style of photography that they do. And you search, maybe they have a master class, maybe they have one of these, there is a couple of these learning uh, platforms. Uh, what is it called? Corsia, Udemy, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you can even, uh, like every YouTuber advertises, what is it called? Uh, Skillshare. Skillshare, of course. Yeah. I, I'm not there myself, I never use it, but I'm sure there is some good photographers mm-hmm. doing good classes there. The one that I personally use is uh, ProEdu. It's a very I nice one, there. but I would say that's more for specialized people who are trying to find education in very particular fields there is there is no beginners friendly stuff mm-hmm. it's more about advanced stuff there is a another i cannot think of it but there is a few of these really good value websites where you pay and you pay way more than you would pay on youtube you on youtube you don't pay mm-hmm. but it's worth it yeah it's very worth it because these people are showing their know-hows their secrets so to say and you would not learn in any other way. If, if you don't have someone who is that photographer in your area and you don't have reached to them, that's your only way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good. good. And obviously, practice, practice, practice. Nothing teaches you more than that. Yeah. Could you name a couple of idols in photography? Mm. I Honestly, I'm not the guy who <laughs> really looks up to many like names. Obviously, like going back to the ones who are really famous and being around for a long time. Platon mm-hmm. is one of the guys that I really look up into. He's a British Greek photographer. He has shot. Oh, this is the one who has a documentary on Netflix? Yeah, it is. Who a, takes like photos of all yeah, kind of Yeah, he has shot all the big names, yeah. So what he does, it's a lot of portraiture of very strong people, lots of politicians, lots of uh, celebrities, stars, whatever, musicians. But his way of capturing is very unique, very strong, very bold, very graphic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if if you have Netflix, obviously everybody has Netflix nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch it. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. If I've you search for Platon, you will find him, and it's very nice. So I, I like his work a lot. Annie Leibovitz. I always struggle with pronouncing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a very obviously well-known photographer who has done so much for the world. So of course, like she is one of the inspirations. There is few photographers when I go to analog world mm-hmm. but honestly like if I try to just think of it from my mind I, I won't be able to yeah, that's fine. Uh, remember like I can give you a list <laughs> later yeah. on there is a photographer that inspired me a lot though now I don't maybe look up to him as much as I used to when I was starting uh, Jason Lanier he, oh, yeah, he has is, a YouTube channel as well he right? has a big YouTube channel he's an amazing guy uh, and honestly he is a big reason why I ventured to portraits. When I started, first started to like look into portraits, somehow I found his uh, channel. He was shooting Sony, he was shooting uh, with Rotolite lights, and I happened mm. to buy Sony, and I somehow liked this light, so I bought one. So it was a good match for me. And he's also a guy who goes to lots of weird and random places, shoots crazy stuff there. Like I said, nowadays I don't find as much value in his... Uh, portraits anymore because my style has changed a little bit but I still mm-hmm. have a lot of respect for the man because he's a big grinder he works non-stop he and he does a lot of nice documentary stuff about uh, I think in Mexico and countries south from America so yeah he's one of the big influences for me nice so 
I wanted to ask about uh, who would you recommend on YouTube, but I guess he's the one. Yeah, kind of. Uh, he, not everybody might like his style and mm -hmm. uh, his way of saying things. He might appear a bit cocky every now and there, but yeah, he's a good guy. And there is a few other YouTubers. Uh, what do you think of right now? Honestly, it's, it's like when you ask me now, I just cannot think. But normally, I would tell you a few people. We, we should put it in the description. I'll give you a list of few people. To, to be honest, maybe to add to this, uh, I don't really watch YouTube for education anymore. I think that's a mm -hmm. good one. I, I watch uh, a lot of YouTube more for entertainment. I like Peter McKinnon, for example. I used to watch a lot of Casey Neistat. Mm -hmm. They're more into video, but also know how to take photo. I like uh, Alan Pellander on YouTube as well. Uh, Jesse, Driftwood, all these guys. But I, I watch, I consume their content more as uh, entertainment that is connected to photography and videos, but not as much as educational stuff. Yeah. I think same. I watch them just because I like their videos. Same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and now for all the camera um, photography people who listen, mm -hmm. so what's your choice of camera brand? My weapon of choice. Which I know, <laughs> of course, but yeah. So I, I should with Sony, but I think if you ask, if you give me any brand and I can choose, talking in a 35 millimeter sensor size, I will choose Sony and I will get myself a nice whatever Sony, one of the nicer bodies and the lens is there, but having said that, it doesn't matter. If you, if Nikon or Canon or whoever reaches out to me tomorrow and they're like, hey, we want to sponsor you, I'll be like, yes. Mm -hmm. So He's a sellout. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not about that. It just, I, I really believe camera doesn't matter, gear doesn't matter. It does yeah. matter, but the brand doesn't matter. Yeah, same. You give me any camera in last, whatever, four or five years, even more, it can take nice photos, for sure. Like capable of being published, being, whatever sold or advertised so you don't have this uh, cult like behavior that like oh i'm a sony guy so i hate on everybody who shoots on canon and yeah Nikon i don't know i don't care really i yeah. do like sony a lot i shoot sony i've been shooting sony for pretty much my entire car. after i sold my canon the first camera that i had mm -hmm. i sold all the lenses in the camera and I, i bought my sony a7 r2 which i have till today i yeah i never looked back i never regretted it i I think they are a great company to invest in if you are looking into camera gear and also and I think a very big benefit for people who like to do both photography and video. Sony is great for video as well mm -hmm. and if you go further with video they also have a cinema line with cameras which is benefit because you can still use the same lenses. Yeah. So yeah for me it's Sony but it doesn't matter. If, if you bought your Canon, if you bought your Nikon, Fuji, whatever, Olympus, Panasonic, it does enough for you mm. <laughs> so when you love the photography so much and already a couple of years back you knew that this is what you want to do right yeah i would say four years ago i made that kind of decision yeah so when i sold my canon i bought my sony that was the breaking point and i know because i know i was living with you and i resigned two years ago and took like huge risk and went into this freelance world why did it take you so long to resign and go and follow this passion and this to be honest that's uh i don't have an exact answer for that i was planning to resign from emirates and go freelancing uh last year spring ish mm. uh that was kind of the plan then but I that was, was just when corona happened here yeah the, the year that corona came in uh <laughs> it's, it's funny how we talk <laughs> like the year that corona came uh, whatever yeah. 2020 it's very it memorable. is yeah so i was planning to resign that year spring to summer and go freelancing because it was at the time when i already 
I had like no time off in Dubai, so I would fly obviously during my flying days. Mm-hmm. When I came to Dubai, I was always working, and so my only time off was on layovers, which I loved, but it was a lot. So I was thinking I can go full time uh, freelancing, but then Corona came. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll wait a little bit. I was working still for Emirates, which uh, though they reduced the salary, fired many of my friends, they still were giving me some money mm-hmm. and it was comfortable position. Accommodation. And accommodation, yeah, and all these things. So, and we of course, we were not sure what was going to happen, how it was going to continue. So I stayed for, I told myself, I'll see, I'll wait it out and I'll see how it goes. And then they gave us this opportunity to take unpaid leave. So I was like, yep, yeah, that sounds like a great deal. I took mm-hmm. the unpaid leave and I went home for a couple of months just to chill, reset my mind, think of everything. And I came back to Dubai in October. So that was uh, what, four months later. I think I took it in June and I came back in October. You do the math, I don't know, mm-hmm. three months, four months, whatever. And I told myself from October, I'll start hustle photography-wise as if it was my only job, which at that time, honestly, it was because I was not making money from Emirates at that point because I took the unpaid leave. And yeah, I kept uh, going on, going hard for a couple of months. I literally took it as every day you just do photography because there is no flying. You need to make some money. So I had my home studio at that point. I was doing lots of portrait sessions. I also did a lot of very nice collaborations when we, me, a makeup artist and a model would collaborate together to create mm-hmm. some interesting portfolio work for all of us. And, and that's when basically it happened. So I, w- I was planning at this point to, okay, see if the corona continues or whatever and resign the next year. I kind of delayed my plan by a year. But then I, I saw this guy on on Instagram that I knew from before. We texted a few, a few times. And he's a big photographer in Dubai, very well-known persona. So I texted him, hey, like, I know you have this company, this production company. Like, are you by any chance looking for a photographer or someone? Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, I never thought of it as, like, I could actually go there. Not that I wasn't confident in my work, but I was just, like, I was just genuinely curious, like, mm-hmm. what is he about? And he was like, yeah, you know what, actually, from tomorrow we are starting to hire so I was like, well, let's talk. It was so random, it was so funny. So yeah, the like the next whatever day or the next day, I came, we spoke, and we you know were like thinking, okay, should we do it? Should we not? And a week later, I resigned from Emirates. Yeah, I remember it was very <laughs> fast. I, yeah, it was. It happened all very fast because uh, my unpaid leave was about to finish, and if it had finished, then I would have to serve like a notice period and mm-hmm. some issues with visas, whatever. So I basically told him it goes by TG. So I was like, Teji, like, if we want to do it, we need to do it now. And it was like like today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we spoke, whatever, figured out all the things. And I remember the like it was 10 in the morning, we had a call, and we were like, so, okay, we're doing it, we're doing it. And I was like, okay, cool, so I'm just going to send an email to Emirates that I'm done. And you had like a week, right, to move out and stuff? Yeah, two days. Two I, days I had two days to find a place because... Yeah. Uh, when you resign on unpaid leave, they cancel your visa right away. So yeah. yeah, what happened to me, I basically resigned on Thursday, which is the last working day in UAE, for those who don't know. Uh, and basically on that day is my visa is over, but obviously it was weekend, so I had time till still Sunday, which is as Monday mm-hmm. here, uh, to find my place. Cause after you don't have your visa anymore, no one will give you a contract for accommodation, like yeah. a tenancy, tenancy contract. So. Yeah, I took your brother and we went for a walk, <laughs> building by building in an area that I wanted to live in. And yeah, I found my place, which I'm very happy with, honestly. So it's very nice place, it was yeah. very hectic, but I'm glad that it went well. I remember that, yeah. And and that was very urgent 
for him for you it was because of unpaidly finishing and for him as well because he needed photographer to cover some kind of event right like big event. yeah now you're setting me up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah uh there it was just before new year's obviously it was like uh, december i think 16th i said when i resigned and there was a uh, new year's coming up and so that was last year uh and in dubai there was a uh, kiss performing mm -hmm. the, the the band performing in atlantis and they were covering it yeah so it was like yeah like uh, can't you can you be ready i was like yeah <laughs> so, so like your first ever job shooting kiss it was like kiss and it was so funny because we now sound like i'm bragging whatever but we ended up shooting uh the guinness world's record for from that the band broke there which was i think for the highest fireworks and there was three of them that they were trying to break and the funny thing though it was me and your brother who mm -hmm. ended up capturing it because i was doing the photos for it and he was uh filming the uh, yeah the thing so yeah that was the first show it was we were we were sitting yeah. on the balcony of atlantis hotel watching the show so that was your new year's eve night right yeah new year's eve yeah that was that so we were there sitting and we were like cool like this is it not interesting bad start a, <laughs> not bad for a first gig yeah yeah it was fun it was cool right now you've been working there since january basically Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been right. a year almost. Soon it's gonna be a year, three yeah, quarters. And you did like huge projects. You did some shoots for big brands like Lamborghini and. Yeah, I gotta say, I've been very fortunate. Uh, TG, he's a great guy, great salesman, and uh, gets a lot of really cool job. He has good relationships with many companies and people in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And through him, obviously, I'm uh, very fortunate to be shooting a lot of high-profile jobs, and very thankful for that. Also, it pushes me to work harder to get better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's what it's been for last uh, three quarters of a year. It's been very hectic, very busy, but I'm doing what I like, so I can't really complain. Nice. And where do you see yourself in five years from now? That's a very good question. Honestly, if if you ask me like a few years back, I would know the answer better. But now, what was it few years back? I would be like, hey, I want to take photos for money, but now okay. I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's hard to say. You know, so you I achieved your goals basically. I like a portion a of it, like a, it's like level, a, yeah. you know, yeah. We always need to push yeah, harder. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, I want to still keep doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, put the boundaries higher and higher, better and better. Honestly, this is for me. It's not like I don't feel like I've made it or anything. It's 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 the starting point, to be honest. It's yeah. Now I'm doing it, and uh, let's work on a bigger project. Let's try to be better. There's so much I can learn myself. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like when I when I look to people who I actually look up to, the other photographers. Uh, I see uh, there is so much to, to improve and you were saying my favorite photographer so one of them happens to be uh, now a friend of mine Tomasz Turzo he's mm -hmm. a very popular photographer back home in Slovakia and I went to his shoot last year <laughs> it was so funny because I broke two of his lights <laughs> I was <laughs> helping him and I, yeah, somehow I managed to break two so out of three lights don't, don't call Jan for help yeah I'm a very great assistant so two out of three lights broke but Honestly, it was so good to see him be so chill about it. And we were shooting a billboard for uh, for a clothing brand. And he was so chill about it, didn't say anything. Mm. It, it was just so cool to see like how... Just, just shut up, Jan, just shut <laughs> up. Just <laughs> keep nah, shooting. It was so cool to see, honestly, how it didn't move him. And I was like, yeah, it's okay, whatever. We'll just shoot it out of life. We'll shoot it out of the way. And yeah. he did, obviously, a beautiful job. And just to be there and to see how someone who has been in, in this kind of business for, I don't know, for him it's been, I think, more than 10 years now, mm -hmm. 
how that experience shows there where things oh, because still things always go wrong there is something that goes wrong on the shoot i'm sure you know yourself as well yeah, so to keep cool that's what makes you actually the the pro photographer because it's the easiest way to say oh well my light is broken mm -hmm. and i cannot do anything so uh, when I saw that, that was really something that I was like, wow, I need to be like this. I need to not rely on my equipment. I need to be like more creative to use the light to, let's say, make it work as two lights. You make it bounce mm -hmm. and then basically you make from one, you make two lights or whatever. So that was a very good uh, experience for me. And that's why I have lots of respect for him. And there is many guys like him, of course, mm -hmm. that I can look up to our name. So Nice. And when... If we put money aside, let's say there is money in this, you can earn money, you will earn money, of course, you're mm -hmm. really good. But if you don't think about money, what would be your biggest goal to achieve in photography? Mm -hmm. Make work that, I guess, makes people... No, that's, that's wrong. Uh, what would be my goal? I you guess mentioned once that you want to... Definitely have a billboard on Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. So that let's say it's that like would be one. Of, that would be one of those stepping stones. Like, yeah. like, like I said, uh, that would be something that I told. I think you that I will not leave Dubai before my photo is blown up on the one of those big things on Shakespeare Road in Dubai. So yeah, yeah, that's but that's not like the end goal. It's not like hey, I made it. Yeah. So that's something that I definitely want to have because it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think like more on a higher level is to create a work that speaks to people, not just because it's a nice, technical, well-executed photo, but it also has some value that, is, that goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a very vague description, but uh, I love to shoot a lot of different things. And honestly, like I, I cannot say I figured out the one thing that I want to do forever. I, I keep exploring lots of different styles of photography, different lightings, everything. And as I keep going on this journey, I, I keep removing little things that I discover that, okay, I don't like this. So I honestly, I don't know where I'll be in five years, but I want to just keep growing, keep getting better. And we'll see. I mean, let's make a podcast in five years. Let's do it. <laughs> I hope you'll be doing still podcasts in five years. You bet I will. Yeah. Look at me. I do one every half I year. I think <laughs> what I can say, though, but it has nothing to do with photography is through photography I, uh, I got into video a lot more mm -hmm. and the way I like to think of even photography lighting is more from the cinema style the, the, the place when you're lighting for moving people and you're lighting more spaces than just the, the people mm -hmm. or things so I'm more interested more and more becoming interested into creating uh, looks for videography for films or for advertisements in video so that is something that I might try to explore more and more, become a DOP, become a someone who works Director in of photography, DOP? Yes, uh, yeah, which is the guy who not necessarily holds the camera, but the one who creates the, the cinematographer, who basically takes the idea from the director, from the client or from whoever, mm -hmm. and makes the, the video, like, give it look. I don't know how to explain it. Nice, yeah, nice. So that's maybe something that is... A side quest if you will <laughs> that's i mean they're colliding kind of they yeah, yeah hand in hand so i think i mean you already work in the company you work they their main thing is videos right so yeah you uh, happen to be on many video shoots and you are yeah, involved yeah. and yeah. you're being a model as well in the video shoots yeah, every now and then yeah the swiss knife so you never <laughs> know this might this might be the path you'll be just the famous actor one nah, day. i don't think that's 
I don't think that's there for me. <laughs> it's a fun thing, though, every now and then to jump in and be on the other side of the lens. It makes you understand a lot of yeah. different things. Things as well. You were shooting me a few times. My brother were, was shooting me a few times. So it's, I think it is very good if you understand how the people you should feel and what yeah, to yeah. expect, what to do, what not to do. And yeah, yeah, of course. It's, it's really good to understand both sides of the lenses. There is many good photographers who used to be models and then transferred yeah. to photography. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely that. Even when it comes to video, like what I like there, I forgot to say, sorry to be jumping back, is as a photographer, it's usually more you, maybe your assistant, and there is other people, but you are the one who is clicking, who is deciding all the decisions in the camera and everything, whereas in a bigger production for video, it's more collaborative work, and there is a camera operator, there is a DOP, there is a camera assistant, there is director, assistant director, there is a much higher team, there's people for sound, for light, for, you know, a lot of things, which you do have that in photography to some extent, mm -hmm. but on a regular basis, your photography jobs are not as big as the, the video ones, and me maybe being a team player back in the days when I used to play football, so I, I like this kind of thing, when you have one job, you do it, and then the other people do their jobs, and together you create something really beautiful. It's beautifully said, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any funny stories from shoots? Do you have anything like the most awkward thing that happened to so, you in the shoot? Uh, there is a lot, but I'm, I'm worse when it comes to tell sto telling stories, honestly, because I, I, I get a lot of funny accidents and things, but I, I keep forgetting. But since I was mentioning this uh, time when I broke uh, Tomasz's mm -hmm. uh, light, it happened to me. I was doing a shoot for uh, uh, for Karim here, and one of the first photos in the day, my assistant happened to like, not break, but the, the light fell down mm -hmm. and it broke. And I was in literally the same situation. I was <laughs> left with one light and I, and funnily enough, I was so happy because I was like, now I'm like, Tomasz, I'm gonna have to figure it out. And yeah, the shoot went well. It was, it was obviously a little bit harder, but yeah, it was not end of the world. I just, because if I didn't have that experience with him managing the situation so well, Maybe I would be like, oh, we need to get a new life. We need to try to get whatever. Because mm. I did plan exactly like a certain look that would involve two of those lights. And yeah, it did break and it did, wasn't end of the world. And we ended up having a nice and fun shoot. So there yeah, that's a, I don't know if it's a funny one, but it just came to my mind. Nice. Did it ever happen to you? Like the worst nightmare of photographers, videographers, what happened to me? Nah, there's <laughs> you, a few. <laughs> you, you by mistake erase the whole memory card, let's say. With no, all the footage, I which mean, I did once. Knock, knock on the wood, sorry for the bad sound. But yeah, I I pride myself on trying to be very well organized and OCD-ish. And I don't have an actual physical checklist, but every time I go for a shoot, I double, triple check everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm always trying to have backups on backups. Yeah. And yeah, so luckily that hasn't happened. It happened to me once that I forgot my battery. But yeah, it wasn't end of the world. I found different solution. But yeah, so far it's been it's been okay in this way again. This is what I need to on my head. practice more, being more organized, because this cannot happen. <laughs> this is yeah, literally nightmare. I, I think in general preparation for for shoots, whether it's photography or video, is very very important, and it's been under under what do you call estimated. it? Underestimated by many people and then you kind of blaming on what's going on on the set. It's like, oh, I couldn't control it. Well, you couldn't control what's going on the set, but maybe you could have thought of that can happen on the set and you would have been prepared mm. for all the scenarios. So, yeah, I think that's a good point. 
Yeah, I don't know if you believe in luck, but I think you are very lucky that many people probably think that that you found something that you love and <laughs> you are doing it as a job and earning money with it. Yeah. Do you think it's a luck or you just... No, I, I don't believe in luck. But then, of course, different people have different perceptions. For me, there is some luck involved, but I think all you have to do, let's say you want to be, it doesn't matter, you can be anything. Mm. You have to work very hard. So when that lucky opportunity comes mm, up, you are ready prepared, to take yeah. it away. Because, I mean, that's what happened to me many times with different things in life, photography and also personal life. If you are not ready when that opportunity comes, you're like, oh, that was such a shame. I wasn't mm -hmm. whatever that. But when it happens and you're ready, others will be like, oh, you were lucky you were there. And yeah. you're like, yeah, I was. But like I was ready. I worked for it for last whatever. That's years what they or say, right? Luck is just when opportunity meets preparation. Do they? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> somebody said it. Cool. It wasn't yeah, it? Somebody, I need to write it somebody down. smarter than me. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good way to say it. But honestly, I believe that. And yeah, that's a good way nice. to um, think about it. Could you name, like, let's say, three people that influence your life the most? Uh, you, a lot, honestly. There's, that goes without uh, this hesitation. Is a, this is a big bromance happening. <laughs> no, but seriously, come on. That's that's not me trying to give you a bromance compliment, but that's definitely someone that I have to point out. Uh, obviously, mom, dad, brother. Like, let's say I'm, I'm going to move away from parents. Mm -hmm. I would say... I don't know, actually. Doesn't need to be person you know. Might be somebody. Well, it's like it's hard to, because of course, like you are thankful for all the things growing up, and honestly, the way I was brought up, it taught me a lot. So of course, I would have to say mom and dad, my entire family, the way I was brought up, mm -hmm. that inserts all those like important values, those fundamentals that I was talking about when you know trying to learn something. So of course, that's one big thank you for that group. Yeah. Uh, but then I would say the second big thing is my my sports career, honestly. All the coaches collectively that taught me also some different values to, even though I hated it at that time mm -hmm. sometimes, to like, you know, work hard, wake up early mornings, be rejected and keep going, fail mm -hmm. and keep going and go even through, through pain, through whatever, like some failures. And there was many of them. So I think like that entire experience of my life being... Uh, football player and later an American football player uh, that has had a big influence on my thinking and of how I look at things and then of course the third part would be Dubai and uh, starts with you but of course along I met many amazing mm -hmm. people that had an influence on me whether it's just in photography or in just general growing up being a better person or whatever you want to call it so yeah I don't like to name just people but I would say these are like three very important stages of my life that influenced a lot that is going on now. Yeah. And any any books? Because you read books as well. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> Some people don't. I listen to I'm them more often now than I used to read. But is there any book that you could say, like, this is the book that really changed my life or changed my mindset? Yeah, I wouldn't say it changed my life, but it changed a lot. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it changed a lot. It's called The Art of War. It's a very interesting book. I read a couple of different versions of it. And I actually, so when I used to play American football, there was an American coach that I had. Uh, goes by name Greg Anderson. She's listening to it. Hello. Uh, he's an interesting person. He used to be an American, like professional NFL player back in the 80s. Uh, had a promising career, but had a very scary injury, almost lost his life or his uh, 
what do you call it? Well, he almost got paralyzed by being hit. Shit. And he made it. He made it through it, obviously, and became a really amazing coach, but a great mentor more than just a coach. So I was so lucky to have been coached by him in the period when I was playing football. And I took away a lot from him, not just in American football, but also from the personal, you know, personal like life things. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he used, I used to always ask him when we were playing football, he would be really good at calling plays. And, you know, he was very into strategy, very into, very much into understanding how opponent thinks and how to trick their minds. And I was always like, like, Greg, man, like, how did you know? Like, we, for example, he would call a play that he knew. It was like, just run there, you'll be open. And, and it happened, and it didn't look that way, but it happened. And so I would many times ask him, like, how did you know? And then he was always like, read Art of War. You will understand mm-hmm. a lot more about strategy, you know. So I never did while I was playing football while I was big in Slovakia. But I came to Dubai, and I remember I was, I think it was in, I don't know, somewhere in U- U.S., uh, in Seattle, I was walking on the street and I saw this bookstore. So I went in and I saw Art of War. I was like, "Oh, that's the book he was talking about." Mm. And I and I bought it and I read it and I was like, "Wow, it's so cool!" And yeah, I mean, it's just a book, but for me, it has a special meaning because everything made much more sense what he was saying after I read it. And you can implement those things to. It's, it's a very popular book, obviously. You yeah, can. I know it, yeah. it goes also. It, it's a about war strategies but you can implement that in your life in your business in marketing and anything and yeah so that had a big influence on me nice very very nice Jan. are we going to asmr <laughs> <laughs> yeah we can why not all right and um where can people find you if they want to follow your work follow your photography work videos whatever you do are you most act- you're most active on Instagram, right? I guess, yeah. Uh, you can find me at yanko.me, which is J-A-N-K-O dot M-E. And then there I have one more profile, which you can get onto from that one, uh, which is only yeah, uh, like another photography. Prof- no, I have two. <laughs> I have two. I, I explore every now and then, but I have just two that I actually use. So, yeah. Film photography is something that's really cool. Yeah, Analog photography. photography. You, how... Exactly, you got into that. You just literally saw my brother having some analog camera and yeah. you're like, hey, I want one as well. Your brother gets me to... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to drink those. Getting dry. It's a tough <laughs> topic. Yeah, it's a long topic. Sorry for going off. I don't know how long it's I've okay. been going. Uh, so, yeah, your brother happens to always get me into new things photography-wise. And he had bought some analog ca- camera, I don't know, maybe three, four years back. And he used it like once or twice, and I was just like, "What is this shit, man? Like, yeah. like digital is the way, you know, modern." And but then I thought of it twice every now and then. I was like, "It's kind of cool. Is this like retro, hippie, vintagey, whatever thing?" Mm-hmm. And and then me, you, and him went to Japan. Oh, and when was the 2019? That right? was in your Spring. great sad period. Yeah, <laughs> I had some sad period. <laughs> Anyway, so that was three years ago, I think. Two years, no, 2019, no, May. Oh, yeah, you're right. May or June. Yeah, we went yeah, to Japan. Spring of uh, 2019. Anyway, I we think. went to Japan for like two weeks, yeah. Yeah, we went like uh, on a broad trip. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we went to Tokyo and some other cities. But in Tokyo, it was just this one day we were walking around the city. And there is plenty of these analog camera stores because obviously Tokyo mm. is the place when it comes to cameras and stuff. And I was like, yeah, let's just have a look. Maybe I can buy a camera. 
and yeah, we went to the store owned by this uh, older gentleman who was super cool. Somehow he knew about Slovakia. He called it Czechoslovakia, of course, but mm. he had an idea. He said he had been there a long time ago. So there was some, you know, mutual relationship right away. And so I had him ask him, like, uncle, can you just pick a camera for me? And mm -hmm. I told him what was my budget. He was like, I don't want the cheapest one, but I also don't want like, anything fancy. And I want something that I can learn the analog photography with. And he chose a camera for me. It's, I still have it. It's a, Now it's like 70-ish, almost eight years old camera. It's called Canon uh, S4B. No, 4SB. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know why he chose that camera for me. I told him I wanted a rangefinder camera, which is a, a certain type of camera for those mm -hmm. who know. And he chose that one. It's so complicated to operate. And he explained it to me because if you turn certain dial at the wrong time, you can break the shutter. I think I remember, yeah. Yeah, he gave me like a 20 minutes tutorial, which I filmed on my phone. And I was like then watching it back and trying to not to mess it up. But in the end, it was really good because I, if, I, if I learned that and any other camera after that one, it was always so simple. So yeah, that was my first analog camera, and I, I basically shot a first roll of my film like right after I got that camera. Mm -hmm. And in Japan, it's so fast. You shoot a roll, and you just go to one of those fax copy places, and they develop it the same day, and you get the results. So I saw the first results of these shots that I took, that I obviously, when you shoot analog, you don't see what you're shooting. Mm -hmm. There was no meter on the camera. I was just kissing the settings by the, the Sunny 16 rule. and. Yeah, the photos came and I was like, wow, that's cool. It looks nice. So I just ended up shooting the rest of the trip pretty much on that camera. And it got me hooked. And I was like, wow, this is something really cool. And then obviously I, when I got back from Japan, I was more and more into it, started to study a little bit more about the films, about, you know, things. It's the same photography, it's photography, but I like the simplicity about analog. You yeah. don't think about much about setting, focus, whatever. You just you get what you basically do like you if you miss the focus you know it's not the oh my camera doesn't have a good enough autofocus it's yeah. like i missed it because i didn't focus right if you calculate your exposure wrong it's not the camera misunderstanding your artistic visions it's you yeah. being shit i have one as well it's i think i don't use it much to be honest but i think there is magic in it that like old school way when people used to shoot photos it's it's just magic in the fact that you just have one shot, literally one shot, yeah. and then it's gone. And you're paying for every click, so it, you make, yeah. it makes you think twice. It's fine I mean, when you take photo once in a while, you don't really care, but when you shoot a lot of film, that's when you start to feel that it's not cheap, of course. Yeah, especially so not here in Dubai. Yeah, and in Dubai, of course, is extra pressing for some reason for everything. Because, yeah, developing, they send it to Spain or something, yeah, yeah. right? It's, it's the only good way how to do it in Dubai, and they do a really good job, the guys in Carmen Cita in uh, Spain, I think in Valencia they do it, I'm not sure right now. Sure. Uh, they do a really great job, but of course, it's not the cheapest way how to do it. And that's why I try to do it at home. I do my black and white film at home, and it's fun, but not always do I feel like doing it. So, yeah, sometimes yeah. I do it, sometimes I don't. It's fun and interesting way of doing it. But, yeah, sometimes it's better just to give it to the lab and let the professionals do it for you, especially when you have photos that you really care about. Mm -hmm. But I think that is, it's nice that you even try and you are capable of doing it yourself that's just some even anyone more magic in it you know yeah, yeah but anyone can do it just watch your I, it's just not like i was uh, you know 
enlightened by someone and I opened the YouTube how to develop yeah. your film know, and then you get the tools the... and you just do it you follow. it's like cooking which I am not really able to do <laughs> but I am able to develop my film by a recipe you that should, just tells you you should watch my YouTube recipes they're great yeah, they're beautiful you guys should watch it they're very easy to follow you will see if you watch them it's the best comedy show <laughs> at least that if not the recipe anyway I guess we're gonna wrap it up it's been yeah. almost uh no one is listening hour. anymore but it's fuck this <laughs> no no we're very happy to have you guys listen to us <laughs> those three of you who are still here <laughs> come on it's at least five <laughs> at least five people listen uh, so I got last last two questions for you alright that I always ask uh, so first would be are you happy yeah hell yeah big time yeah Honestly, I can, general, I can, I can die tomorrow I, I'm, I'm honestly like I'm serious like if I get out of your place and I get hit by a car I don't want that but like I'll be cool uh, don't joke about it we have a friend who got hit by a car <laughs> yeah 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 but no honestly like, it's fine I'm happy Yeah, I'm happy with everything I've done till now nice this is what I like about you you just don't give a shit you just don't I care do about it I mean <laughs> a very content person <laughs> alright I guess thank you you're welcome Jan <laughs> And uh, one last thing, how would you like to be remembered? Mm. We're know. going deep. Someone who's real. Uh, as, much as, of, I tr- as much as I try, of course, you sometimes bullshit yourself, but it's a very, vali- a very important value for me to, for someone to be real. And yeah, it's something that I... Be real in way of like honest to people. Yeah, honest, genuine, uh, be... Be able to say things that you know suck, but it's better to say them and go through that sucky conversation or experience rather than hold it in and things like that. I feel like it's very important to be that. So, of course, there is much more that everybody wants to be remembered for. But, yeah, I like that. I like to try. It's not easy for me as well, of course, and we Mm -hmm. all fail every now and then. But I try to be as real as I can. So if I'm telling someone something, I really mean it usually. You are one of few people in my life that always gives me honest feedback on my work. And I appreciate that. It's not always easy to hear, but <laughs> but it's something that I need, you know. Cause oh, we all need it. It's, it's not good when you just yeah. say, oh, this is nice, this is nice. Yeah, but you actually give me like constructive feedback yeah. and you tell me if I do bullshit and stuff. I think it's very important. This goes back to my football time. I, I used to be goalkeeper. And the best game... Like the best feedback to get was no feedback. If you didn't get any feedback, if your coach didn't tell you anything, it means you played really well. Mm-hmm. If your coach was telling you something, that means you fucked up at something. And yeah. they were always like, okay, you didn't do whatever. You didn't talk enough or whatever it is. But when I had like a stretch of games where we finished the game, we had a Monday meeting after a weekend and the coach, he goes always player by player or he always points out things and he didn't speak about me, I was like, yes. And it took me a long time to realize. I was always like, yeah. why did he not say I was good? Because I, I made this beautiful save that saved <laughs> the game. That's your job. Yeah. Like, you are there to do that, of course. Like, that's it. So it comes now with photography. If I if I do, if I deliver a good project and I'm very happy about it, yes, sometimes clients are amazed and they're like, oh, this is amazing, thank you very much. But many times they just you just get seen, <laughs> you know, you get that <laughs> seen yeah. on WhatsApp or wherever you're sending the photos. And I used to be like, like, are they okay? But usually it's a good thing because they are. That means they have nothing else to add, and you did your job. So mm-hmm. I don't know how I get to that, but yeah. Well said, Jan. Thank you. All right, we're gonna shut up now. Yeah, thank you guys go. for listening. Thank you, Jan, for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate it. You're very that. welcome. Our setup is very nice. We're going to yeah. probably post photo on Instagram about that. Yeah. I <laughs> We're sitting on the floor, by the way. I feel my bag anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once again, we can you can find Jan on social media at 
at yanko.me, right? Yeah, uh, that's it's not J- Janko. <laughs> J-A-N-K-O dot M-E, Janko dot me. Uh, you can find me at Matt Bendik. You can uh, put us on, on your story if you listen to talk both of us. And yeah, I guess this is a, this is a wrap. Yeah, this is a wrap. It's been really great. Thanks a lot. And, and we're gonna I'm gonna definitely have you back at some point. In five years to catch up on my first yeah, sure. plan. <laughs> earlier, let's see. And yeah, thanks for listening guys, and we will see you in the next one. Yeah. Go out there and make a move. There you go. There you go. Bye guys. And that's it, my friends. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, with your family or anyone who can benefit from it. Share it all over social media, Instagram. As I said before, you can tag me, you can tag Jan and we'll be very happy to see that people are listening. And as I already said, go out there, make a move and make your life better. See you next time. Oh.